Richard Ziade. Paul Ford. Let's do an episode of Track Changes, the official podcast of Postlight, a digital product studio in New York City. Uh, let's talk about what we do first. That's important. People should know. Rich, what do we do? We build stuff. We design and build platforms and apps and services on top of those platforms. So if I came to you and I said, I have a sneaker company, and I want to make an app that lets people figure out how big their feet are and put sneakers on those feet. Could you do that for me? Uh, I'd ask you to come in to extend the conversation a little bit. I'd probably have some more questions, but yes. Maybe start with a phone call? Yeah. Okay. Um, But yeah, we build web apps. What if I said I want to build a whole new media thing? I want to do a podcast network. Let's do it. That's that's right in our wheelhouse. What about healthcare? What if I was like, I want to help people take their medicine? Killer. We'd kill it. Do it on an app? Yeah. Yeah, all right. So apps, platforms, web, all that stuff, that's Postlight. Yep. We also do events where people come and listen to people talk about technology. You should check us out on our website at postlight.com. We have a Twitter account at, at Postlight Studio on Twitter. You should follow that. We have a newsletter that goes out. You can check out trackchanges.postlight.com. And we have this very podcast. So we are a fully vertically integrated media enterprise inside of a great digital product studio. Boom. And we're about a year old. We're doing good. We're a little over a year old. And it's been an interesting year. What a year. 2016. Mm, a lot of people are writing, though. This is the worst year. I saw. An, I read a, a New not, Yorker article. It's not like ni- 1939 was the worst year. There was a New Yorker article recently. I just got a name drop that I read the New Yorker. Oh, really? You read the yeah. New Yorker? Yeah. It's a great just, magazine. You know, I've written for New Yorker. I was in Gramercy Park reading the New yeah? Yorker. Yeah? Yeah. I have a key. Oh, really? You got in there? there? Yeah? Yeah. Um, <laughs> give those to Lebanese immigrants? And they don't. I don't think they, they do. don't. They really don't. Um, the so Gramercy, for people <laughs> who are not horrible New York City people, Gramercy Park is a like the only locked park in New York City. Oh, you it's have so to, full of shit. You have shit. to have a special key, and you can it's just exhausting. Ima- imagine who has that key. Oh, first off, it looks like a place where there are buried inside of Gramercy Park are the bodies of Civil War soldiers. Yeah. I'm fully convinced. And I've never seen a child play in there. I've never no, seen a ball an, get thrown. It's an ugly little park. Um, anyway, the this isn't about suck. Gramercy Park. <laughs> the pigeons are jerks oh, in Gramercy horrible. Park. There's a raccoon in there. Yeah. It's racist. Oh, he wears slacks. <laughs> Have you ever seen a raccoon wear slacks? It's terrible. It's terrible. It's a terrible, terrible park. Yeah. Anyway, we're not here to talk about Gramercy Park. But so I was I'm reading this article in the uh, New Yorker oh. where they said, no, this isn't the worst year. And it's actually really funny. Uh, they go back probably the last 100 million years yeah. and kind of tried to peg what were the worst years Yeah, Comet hit the world. Comet. You know. uh, 65,000 I mean, the- BC, a volcano erupted that was really bad news. I would also point out, like, the Civil War was pretty bad. Half the state's... People owned slaves, and then we went to war with each other. And killed each other terribly. Yeah, it was a hard, truly- A like, lot of bad things have happened. America was an unbelievable disaster at that point. Yeah. Luckily, we had Abraham Lincoln as our president who guided us through that, and, and we didn't end up in that situation this time. Yeah, which to, and to quote Lincoln, he just sort of looked around and said, guys, are you serious? Yeah, that's what he said. That's actually his epitaph. <laughs> if you go to the Lincoln <laughs> Memorial and you walk along, to guys, are you serious? So- I'm an optimist, so as I look back on this year, you know, it's been a strange year, for sure. The mass shootings, David Bowie passing, 
all sorts of stuff, right? And so yeah, we got some rough stuff. We yeah, got so we're not going to cover general news here. No, we're a tech shop. We are tech thinkers. We're futurists. <sighs> all right. So here's the funny thing, Paul. We actually just recorded about 15 minutes. Yeah, and it was just feeling really political. It got so sad. It got a little sad, and then you got sad face. And then I tried to cheer you up. Let's talk about virtual reality. And that's not 2016. No, 2016. Let's talk about let's talk about virtual reality. What okay. happened in 2016 in virtual reality? I think it went mainstream. Well, I don't know about I don't know if it's there yet, but it's definitely on its way. It's on its way. You think you're, when are you going to buy goggles? Oh, when am I going to buy goggles? I don't know if I'll buy them. I think they may come with my phone. Oh, that's possible. I think it'll be just a T-Mobile upgrade. I'm like. Well, what are these? Why is my box so much bigger? I think that's going to be the case. That'd be interesting. It'll only work around half of New York City, but it'll be cool. Well, I I don't know. I mean, if you apply via you know virtual reality, should we define it? We have a general interest audience. No? Sure, it's reality that's virtual. Correct. No, it, it you tricks put a, your brain into thinking that what you're seeing in your phone are the surroundings around you. You're not staring into a little screen. Anymore. It's worth differentiating too. So, virtual reality is very uh, immersive. You put a viewing device in front of your eyes that is a computer screen. Well, you look and like an idiot. It's worth yeah, noting. We're do. not it's we're a ways off from seeing someone do this on the train. And then you're in a 3D environment and your brain feels it's there. Augmented reality is quite different. Augmented reality is you're looking at the world often through glasses. Google Glass tried to be augmented reality. Or a phone camera. Or a phone camera. And data about what you're seeing or data somehow connected is displaying on the on phone. On top of the world. The archetypal augmented reality Example is I'm looking at the engine of a car and it's showing me an overlay of all the parts of the car. Yeah, with so little, the, little arrows pointing yeah. to the different parts. So I know which kind of – I could point at a bolt and it might tell me which wrench I need. Correct. Actually, if you want to get a taste of it, it's very crude, but if you want to get a taste of it, the Amazon mobile apps. If you want to look up a book on Amazon or actually, frankly, look up a product, mm-hmm. I could point it to a set of headphones and it throws these little dots on top of the camera – and it takes that information and actually tries to look up the product against what's on your camera. Sure. If you do it with any book cover, it works almost perfectly. Sure. And it's pretty impressive. Essentially, they just leapfrogged you know, the barcode yeah. that's on labeling. They just said, the hell with that. So you can go into like a Barnes & Noble and then order everything on Amazon. In fact, they're so aggressive about it. If you go into Barnes & Noble and just quickly do it to 10 different books – it doesn't assume you're going to buy them, but it stores them all away. So you could go into Barnes & Noble for like 10 minutes, point at your phone at like 10 books, and walk out, and you get the list and the prices. It's actually pretty impressive. Not it's for Barnes & Noble. It's not impressive to Barnes & Noble. Well, Barnes & Noble is a coffee shop at this point. It's uh, a toy store and coffee shop. And an shop. educational services provider. And an educational services provider. It's a different thing, Barnes & Noble. All right, all right, all right, all uh, right. So that's actually a, a taste of where augmented reality And then go. VR, you get to go inside and... Just wish your life away. VR, I'm not going to go to Barnes & Noble. Barnes & Noble is going to come to my face. And I'll get to look at all the books. Yes. And I could drink the coffee virtually. And yeah, we're a ways off from that. What's going to happen? Well, no, I mean, I can pretend to drink fake coffee. You can. I do that now. That's a little sad. It, that's exactly. I do that now. Yeah. Tinder on virtual reality is going to be a strong uh, – That's strong a path thing. we're not going to cover in this podcast. No, you're right. That will be for track changes after dark, <laughs> which will come out in 2017. Yes, it might be a spinoff of some sort. Oh, you know, the other one on augmented reality, there was a huge hit 
It was a little bit of a fad, but a huge hit with Pokemon Go. It was a huge hit. So it was. People were kind of going bananas over it. You um, hold up your camera, and it puts a Pokemon in, on the screen if, if you're in the right place. It uses I feel like it faded out pretty fast. Yeah, I know, but it was huge. It was enormous. Actually, when I was in the Central Park about two weeks ago, I saw 30 people running saying- No, adults? Squirtle, or whatever the hell they were saying. Yeah. Adults? Yeah. See, that's a little upsetting. Ah, life is life, man. People like their tomfoolery. Okay. Yeah. Fine. We like shenanigans. We like, what, whiskey? We're recording a podcast. We get up to all sorts of silliness. True. True. It, and they're getting a little aerobics in. They're having fun. It's fine. They're capturing a snarly lord. I think we'll see more of that. I think we'll see more of that. I think we'll see it in the in a more adult context. I am worried about that. Uh, no, no. I mean, I mean, in like in terms of oh, like adults will go. Honestly, what is that? How is that different than Fortune 500 executive going to Scotland and tasting various fine whiskeys and scotches while he golfs? I'm not making the connection. Well, it's it's like collecting Pokemon. No, I mean like in this bar that you're in right now, there are four other hardcore Liverpool fans. Right. That sort of thing. That's long been kind of coming. Yeah, but there's there are weird lines, and some don't want to cross them, and it's like, whoa, I, I don't want to let people know that that's where I'm at. Or, I think there are interesting things that we're going to have to test out yeah, the because there are cultural creeps here. Yeah. It's going to be a little creepy. But VR, I mean, uh, are we at the point? Google Glass has failed. I, I'm fascinated by the failure of Google Glasses. I'm fascinated by the failure of, of Google products in general. Like, it's, Well, that's just bitterness. And no, jealousy. it's really not because I also i am equally as horrified and scared of Apple on a regular basis as I am of Google. But I don't, Apple, I don't sure. understand your fears. You have, a, you have a MacBook and you have an iPhone and you're afraid of what? They're a consumer products company. You're an right, intelligent they, consumer. I know, but they get into my brain, and then I feel like maybe I'm not as free uh, to think thoughts as I could be oh, because I've just... got this stupid white apple pulsating. You know, that could be that could be reading me. That could be scrolling poetry by Walt Whitman, but it's a stupid apple. Okay. okay. I mean, you could be looking at whatever you want to look there at. There are opportunities for creative thought that yeah. giant consumer brands you don't You have create. this corporate overlord Mindset I'm just anyway. healthily paranoid, and 2016 hasn't proved me wrong. Well, how so? Facebook. In that you were tricked a Face- bunch in 2016. I feel yeah, no, I I, I read all the news on Facebook. I uh-huh. learned some really important things. I learned that uh, the Pope is a reptile. I learned that Donald Trump yeah, see, is going to come to my house and give me a hundred million dollars. We're speaking humorously here, though, but you weren't tricked at all on Facebook, right? Not at all. Not that I know about. Right. And neither was I. Uh, Were we? I mean, I don't know. We could be reading some news right now and not have any idea. No, I, I'm, I pay attention to the source of the news. That is true. And when I see weird links at the bottom of the article about, like, breast implants and how does um, Soleil Moonfry look today, Yeah. then I know pretty well that that article is a little dubious. You know the one for me is, do you ever click on any of those? It's like you turn – it's a bad part. Yeah, I oh, have. I yeah, have, 700 have. next links. Yeah. I still don't know how much Macaulay Culkin is worth. <laughs> You're trying to get there. I was trying. It's I, a long slideshow, I man. saw that one 200 times, and I, I was know. like, damn it, know, how know, much is Macaulay Culkin worth? And the best thing about it, you go through – 50 celebrities, and you get to the end, and there's no Macaulay Culkin. Let's do so. I got the next Postlight Labs project. What's the next Postlight? It's called bottomofthedeck.com. Uh-huh. And it's just 
the last slide of all these slideshows. Right. That's all it is. Page after page. It just zips through like the money shot from all of these. Oh, that would be fantastic. That would be if we because we could write a bot that would go in and spider all of those, all those bottom of the link to bullet links. How does this celebrity look today? Right. And then automatically follow the next link. Yeah. Scott Baio looks the same, by the way. He does. He looks exactly the same. He does. It's a Dorian Gray situation with him <laughs> ever since Happy Days. Um, you go to the end of the, the – yeah, it, it's it's bad. And then there are five more. It's crepey skin. Yeah. All sorts of stuff. So yeah. that's – look, Facebook had a fake news problem. We got really caught up in it. This, it, it I think it's an interesting problem, and I think it's a problem we're going to have to deal with. Don't get me wrong. So, I think that's not something we should gloss over. No, that's a trend in 2016 was blatant demagoguery and falsehood spread through social networks. Yeah. That's a tough and one. I didn't see a lot in the world of gadgets that was fun. Do, Maybe I, there was I, an can ATC. Can I say something optimistic, somewhat optimistic about humanity in relation to the fake news? Sure. That it'll never happen again? You think this that it will get locked down after this? Well, you know, uh, if you look at how, like, I, I don't know this for sure, but I get a sense that when newspapers first started, there was probably some terrible abuses of newspapers. And when other well, technologies first started, there were these terrible abuses of things. And People then we just sort of tell what reality was. Like, it would be yeah. you know, sea serpents. They believed in sea serpents. Right. So there was a lot of gaps that they would fill in with whatever. Right. Human beings are incredibly bad about knowledge gaps. Right. But we do st- we, we step into that shit once, and then we are sort of very skeptical and very cautious after that. Right. And, you know, you had stuff like War of the Worlds. People believed that there were aliens attacking <laughs> right. New right. Jersey. And never again, right? And so, I, I again, I'm... I don't know, because in this case, it was Macedonian teenagers looking to game the system. Yeah, I know, but I think this was their window. It might have been. I, I don't know. I, I, again, there's I, still phishing attacks. There's still it's, people were vulnerable at the end of that election. They were vulnerable yeah. for all kinds of information that normally they probably would have vetted. Yeah, at least just on a little mental check. Like, does the Pope really like Donald Trump? Yeah, uh, I I don't know. I, I don't know how we're going to perceive the credibility of those sources going forward. My mom used to be terrible at clicking bad things in her email. And yeah. she had one bad experience and she was she said, "Give me a tool or something." And then then she wouldn't open anything for a while. Uh so I think I don't know. I just think humans this is so new. You this know, this means 2016 of, was a very weird year in tech as you think about it. It was a strange year. Basically everything broke. Like VR and AR, we're talking about them, but they're not truly widely except for pokemon go there weren't too many hits right i don't own goggles yet i don't know when i will get them i don't know what will make me want to get them facebook broke in three or four different ways yahoo had 1.5 billion passwords hacked security broke which is like all aunts and uncles too that's the problem with yahoo it's not like your savvy cousin no it's like grandma and uncle jeff and people who really it's a bad scene for them to get hacked. You, you know, it was supposed to land and be a big deal was Bitcoin. Didn't happen. No, we're well, still figuring that out. All those startups, all those eighteen-month runway startups, we, yeah, we were supposed to launch. They yeah. didn't launch. Well funded and the whole yeah, thing. Ethereum came out and kind of blew up. Yep. Apple headphones disappointed everyone. They have five hours of battery life. Children are gonna—they they look ridiculous. Those things that should well, not. People succeed. get used to it. Yeah, you want some Apple hate? Here you go. First off, children will eat those things. There are going to be stories about children. Oh, they eating really will. It's hard to pass them too. They're it's not. A, <laughs> that's a bad scene. So yeah, uh, no real home runs. 
Anything really jump out at you for 2016? No, and it's it's breaking my heart. It was the year of the podcast, including this one, frankly. Is that, is that true? But this was the year podcasting started to really blow up as a major media presence. I think that's great. Yeah, and I think for that's podcasting good. It's a and new for the people on, and It's involved. a new big medium. It was a big year for the media because of the election. Yeah. Open source is just enormous right now. There's just so much going on in the but world. That, does, that doesn't feel like a 2016 event. That feels like a continuum of just it's continued just, growth. I would say if you went and looked at what's going on, it just has to be bigger than it ever. And like, it's bigger every oh, year. Oh, I agree with that. And so it just felt like GitHub was, you know, there was code everywhere flying every which way. Yep. There were no truly exciting commercial software hits. There were a couple games. Pokemon Go was a huge fad. Yeah. Um, I can't no, – no game jumps out. I mean, there's the usual annual, you know, Call of Duties and Madden 17 or whatever. Right. And those are all spend $200 million and maybe make a billion. Yeah. Like they're, they're, they're incredible. Yeah. They look photorealistic at this point. There's so. another Star Wars. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And – we're Some, on our way to self-driving we're cars. We're suddenly on our way to self-driving cars. And, and Google just launched a new self-driving car space online. I think they called them Wago cars. So, That's fun. So they're starting it's to friendly. Talk. It's coming, they're saying. Yeah. It's you, a ways off, though. You and me, we got 2017. What do we want? Look ahead. What Dude, do we we want? can't just say, what do you want? Well, we I, have to say, here's what's coming. We are the thinkers. We are the tech thinkers. What's going to blow up in 17? I think that security, as boring as it can be, is bound to take off. Signal is growing as an app. That's a, If you go and download it for iOS and I, I believe also Android, it's a secure and, and encrypted chat app. Email has to get more secure. Everything's going to get two-factor authentication. What are the easiest ways to communicate securely without being hackable? And that is going to be a huge issue all through the year. Interesting. I think that's probably true. I think most will not bother because most don't bother. Um, I think we're going to see some world events that are tied to intrusion that are going to be pretty jarring. I think this was a precursor. We're talking now about the fact that Possibly Putin himself, but definitely the Russians infiltrated DNC and probably RNC email right. systems. Which and this is, look, this is a dark world, right? Like things are going to, like if part of the electrical grid goes out in Russia, nobody, er, it, this is going to be a world where denial, yeah. it, this is all sort of an extension of sort of. Esp- you just see bubbles on the top of the bog. Yeah. Like, this what, is, where'd that come from? Yeah, it's not an act of war because it's like, what well, I know what you're talking about. Nobody yeah. ever knows what anyone's talking no, about. No, no, like, what is, what, how could yeah, we ever do that? Exactly. Yeah. But, you know, the signals will have been sent, and I think it's going to cause for sort of a different perception of technology, not as this sort of, this sort of free and open place, but rather as a place where um, you have to think about it pretty differently. The stakes are higher for governments and companies than it is for, I think individuals just aren't there yet, to be perfectly frank. I, if someone is reading my chats, they're just going to be bored. They uh, are I just boring. don't care. They're Exhausting. pretty boring. And so I don't think about that stuff. I do think there are people out there who want my passwords so they can get at my money. Yeah. But I think in terms of my chats, I, I just don't think. I, but, you know, in terms of governments and, and, you know, starting to view those things as acts of aggression i think is going to continue to escalate there'll be real policy around that in ways that are publicly discussed it's long been a topic of policy 
but there'll be a global conversation that hasn't happened before. And probably there's going to be, a, I think, a, a dance that won't be in conversation. It'll be sort of in more in the realm of the CIA than in the realm of because if so, you did something to me and you deny it, I'm about to do something to you and I'm going to deny it, and back and forth we go. And I think that's less about oh, you know, this is an act of aggression and this is unacceptable. They actually, we'd rather have it that we deny it. It's actually even better. It's an even better deterrent. In fact, I don't disagree. You know. All right. Can I? Let me change the subject a little bit. So that's dark. Let me let's talk. Th- about what's fun? What are kids going to get in 2017? Here's, here's for Christ's sake. There's something really nerdy coming down the pike that I'm excited about. Okay. And that is, you ready? Mm-hmm. WebAssembly. Paul, tell me what WebAssembly is. So WebAssembly is a virtual machine that will run inside of your browser. Okay, a virtual machine is like a little meta computer. It's a, it, it, your Java runs on a virtual machine. It's an actual program, but it pretends to be a little computer. So that's cool. There's a little computer in your browser. What does that mean? Well, let me tell you. You can compile code, and it can run on that virtual machine, just like Java does, just like all these big platforms do. Well, it's in your browser, so that's really interesting. So what that actually means is that you can compile code from the world of C and other big, old, low-level programming languages, and they'll run in your browser almost at native speed. So the browser and all the browsers are about to become able to run code very, very quickly that does the things that all computers do, 3D or, or fast 2D graphics, and so on and so forth. And then after that, the next version of WebAssembly will be able to talk to the browser regularly, like the document object model, the HTML page, which means that you can have languages on the web running in the browser other than JavaScript. They'll be able to compile and target to the WebAssembly version 2 virtual machine. And that will actually change our industry immensely. Yeah, I mean, I think you're, you're speaking to a particular audience here. But everyone will actually, everyone many... will, will see the effects of this. If it takes hold, right? I mean, well, it will. All the browser vendors are basically on board with this. No, no, I mean in terms of building things yes. for this new way. Yes. Uh, and, and it may. I, I think, I, are we headed towards a day where... It's going to be a couple years for this to fully land in our culture. Correct. I mean, it, let's speak in, in more layman's terms. Is the day coming when you, when you go through the app store on your phone, on your iPhone, mm-hmm. there's no purchase or download. You just open. That's uh, right. You just go to the app and you're like, oh, it looks like an interesting game. This will Open change. It. This will change app stores if it takes off. It will, right. I mean, just it will be. You're not. There's no. I have to get this first from Apple. Put it on my phone and then open it. You yeah. just open it. There's uh, a sense of native experience in our world where the native Android and Apple and iOS experiences are better than what happens inside of a web browser on a mobile client. So I can open up Safari and go to an app inside of my web browser and it's kind of clunky. Right. Or I can go to the native version that I downloaded from the App Store. Right. That's going to get real blurry. It's going to flatten, right? So I think that'll happen over time. Once again, we're seeing the web just kind of take everything over. And this, to me, feels like the web endgame. We have a complete publishing and software deployment framework with the web. And now we're about to get an almost native speed virtual machine that can do anything a regular computer can do. Yeah, I, it's exciting from a technical perspective. I just wonder if there are going to be business obstacles 
that are going to be everything. Stop it it's from... going to be a giant big old mess. Right. But we haven't had a giant big old mess on the internet in a while. It would be nice. It's it, we welcome it. Yeah, because the chaos is exciting. Things have to happen. Right. It's good for business, but it's also just good. It's always good when the web takes things over because it reduces proprietary control and it lets entities have more control over their own world. So right. if I'm newspaper X and I want to create a really cool app that people can download and experience, right now I have to do that through the app store. There's all sorts of like built-in points of friction around that app. Right. And I have to you give – You have to be approved. Plus I have to give Apple 30% of my revenue right? if I want to let people buy things right. through the store. That goes away. So if you can get me to a position where I can build something that's deployed through the web, make lots of money, and not give Apple 30%. It's attractive. That's very attractive. Yeah. I want that real bad. Yeah. So it's coming. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a, a, a story arc that plays out. Yeah, it's right? not going to be January. It's well, it's be... not just that. It's just going to be, you know, Apple's going to, you know, Apple does this. Like, you ever buy a book from Amazon on an iPhone? It's yeah. It's the clunkiest thing. Oh, you got to go out to the browser. You go out to the you can't buy it through the app, and then you have to go back to your Kindle and yeah, notice you, it's there, and yeah. then bring it down. It's a mess, right? All because these different it's like, systems. Hey, you're in my you're on my turf here, right? Because Amazon doesn't want to give Apple thirty percent of its money. Correct. Yeah. And Apple decided, well, if you're going to do that, then we're going to make life hard. Right. Right. So there's that dance is going to play out. But you know, power tips a lot in technology, so we'll see. Yeah, that's the thing. It's it's a situation is emerging in which power could tip. It might take two or three years. It yeah. might not happen. But the pot's getting stirred at the lowest level. Right. We should talk about bots. Bots yeah. were supposed to explode in 2016. What I, happened, Paul? They ran out of Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, conversational interfaces were very buzzy. They're simple. They were riding on the top of Slack and Slack's growth. But it's just not that... The Alexa was actually, if you, now that we're talking about it, the Alexa might have been, if you had to pick one gadget that was the gadget of 2016, it might be Alexa. I think that's real. I think that speech, bots, chat, conversation, all of that stuff is swirling. Can we talk about how they're all kind of asexual? There is that. There's the it's, fact that, it, well, look, the, the voices themselves are brands, right? They're not supposed to turn you on, turn you off, do anything. It's, it's like Coca-Cola. Yeah. It's supposed to feel good to talk to Alexa. It's supposed to feel good to talk to Siri. But not... Hey, what's Microsoft's? Microsoft has one Cortana. Too. Cortana. So it's from of Latin American origin. Is, no, it's from Halo. Is that true? I believe so. Oh, really? Yeah. So Siri, Alexa, and Cortana are the three... Oh, there's a Google one. That's right. That's just called OK Google... Okay, Google. I guess it has a name. Probably has an internal name. I don't think it does. No, there's an internal name for oh, it. Oh, there's an internal yeah, name. Yeah, it's probably something right. really boring. Right. I can't um, imagine. Out of those four- Grace Hopper. Who do you like to talk to? I don't like any of them. I like just I, just, I like the Google keyboard. I like searching for GIFs. Okay. But I don't find conversational interfaces that interesting. Hmm. Okay. I, I think that they're, they're going to happen. It'll happen like anything. It's like mm-hmm. OCR happened. It, they'll be part of games and they'll be part of overall experiences. They might be really good for stuff like VR where you're turning your head and hitting buttons and you can say, go left, go right. You know, just they're good. You're not going to order pizza with it? Sure, I will. I don't care. Will you? Why not? Uh, are you going to get your Uber with it? Yeah. 
Uber kind of continues its ascent too. Well, we it's get to fantastic that app. I mean, yeah. it's just it's breaking uh, my heart, but yes. Okay, I, I mean, I I don't know uh, the killer bot, the killer chat experience. I don't think has materialized. Look, I don't know what it is yet. Here's what I would say: is we have entered this zone where all of the things that were promised about technology are becoming utterly real and normal, and it forms a substrate of every interaction and transaction that occurs in our human existence. And it's just sort of all come and do, and everything's happening, and you get your car to come with an app, and you get your pizza ordered by talking to Alexa, and you have access to every song ever, and you have access to enormous libraries of content. Right. And we're still human beings, which means that very often we're pretty horrible and we use this stuff for bad things. Yeah. We use it to poison people against each other. We use it to get too much pepperoni into our bodies. Yeah. There's no great transformational, exciting experience that occurs because of all this technology. And one was promised. Yeah, right. Uh, a better life was promised, but it's 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 a mixed bag, isn't it? I kind of want to get back to asking for that better life. Yeah. I want to actually spend 2017 looking technology in the eye and saying, hey, thanks. I hope you had a nice visit to Trump Tower. But could you please do something really cool and good? You have lots of money. You have yeah. lots of time. Could you make something pretty? Could you make something weird? Could yeah. you challenge me? Yeah. I got to do this. Uh, I don't know, this is going to air in a little bit, but yesterday, some of the biggest names in technology had this summit meeting at Trump, Trump Tower. Tower. And I couldn't stop staring at it. It was incredible to see. First off, Tim Cook looked like he was going to die. CEO of Apple. CEO of Apple looked like he was utterly suffering. Jeff should, Bezos looked very confused. Bezos looked drugged and confused. Yeah, it looked like they gave him pills to bring him down before yeah. he went in there. yeah. They didn't, obviously. Please don't sue me. It was a pretty crazy scene, and it it speaks to, I guess, the balance of your, you know, probably their own belief systems and the fiduciary responsibilities of being the CEO of a company that such that you don't want to piss off the next president. Yeah, I mean, if you're Apple, you're a nation state. You need to have ambassadorial style relations with the president. That'd be nice, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, But it was a sight, and so. I don't know how that plays into the next few years because the responsibility of technology is actually really interesting in the whole context of things these days, right? So. Not, I mean, technology in a broad sense, not just including internet technology, but TV and, and just general analysis of voter patterns and statistics absolutely was instrumental in the election of this president. So you've got that. Like you just have that's been going on for 150 years. And technology is. It's just so everything's built in now. Yeah. I think one of the things that's happening here is that with technology sort of seeping into my TV and into my light switch and into my phone and everywhere, really, and it's talking to me. Not just technology. It's answering me when I'm in the kitchen. Not just technology, like internet technology connected to giant mega computer platforms. Correct. Should we trust it less and be more skeptical rather than just sort of give in and say, gosh, that's convenient. I'm good to go. Because that's the trade-off we're making, right? We're making a deal every time we'd say something. I think the reality is that not only is that always a good idea, but the number of organizations that are trying to get you to use their thing has hit such a fever pitch 
that you need frameworks for evaluating what you're going to let into your life. Right. Because everything gets so cheap. Alexa will be $20 or $10 in the next couple of years. I'll take it even further. Alexa will just be in the TV. Uh, yes. And it will be essentially free. Like the TV will be $200. And the <laughs> phone will be subsidized right. and so on. And why it's worth mentioning why that is. Because the real value is in the information that's flying over back and forth out of me and back towards me. That's the thing. And there's right? no like schoolhouse rock no. style of explanation for this. No. The where... middleman has taken hold, right? If I get to stand and take 10% of that transaction between me and the pizza place, right, you can have the TV. Oh, that's right. Well, that's I, what's at play. And right? actually, that's what disruption is. Right. Disruption isn't radically changing your life for the better. Disruption is I get to stand there instead of this older, more non-digital human being correct and that's a that's a deal we're making and most people don't know they're making i wonder though that's true maybe 2017 will be a year where people start to consume more intelligently as they learn that all of their data is up for grabs can be stolen by foreign powers yeah that self-driving cars run red lights and that their kids are having sex on pokemon whoa yeah there's bad you know it's confusing out there yeah uh yeah you got to wonder if we're going to we're going to better understand the deal we're making, right? Well, um, I, I don't want to end a looking back and looking forward with sex with Pokémon, no, but we should probably take out sex with Pokémon. No, no, no. I, I I was saying that as a joke. Yeah. You could keep it in. Well, not here's an overly optimistic look back no, no, and look here's forward. No, no, here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is a rough year. It was a rough year. It was a a year where everybody felt that some of their values were getting tested or all of them. And it was a year where a blind, cheerful faith in technology was deeply tested. Yes. It was a bad year for optimists overall. Yes. And at a the challenging sa- year. At the same time, I love the thing that happens. I love that I can still publish a piece and thousands of people will read it. Right. I love that I can do this podcast with you and people opt into it and they listen to it and they send us emails and they ask us questions and that this exists in collaboration with our business enterprise. Yep. I love the work that we're doing. I love that there are new frameworks. I like to see how fast and cheap things are getting. I can't wait to see, you know, dollar mobile phones. I can't wait to see all the stuff that's coming down the pike. It's just the 2016 was one of those years and 2017 probably will be too. We are learning as a species to deal with this, to deal with the information, to deal with the technology. And I think that you and me, we're people who've been able to kind of look at it and have opinions about it for 20 plus years and feel a little proprietary. It was our internet. It was our understanding. And now we're seeing everything that we're doing, not just become pop, but become mass, become absolutely part of Matter of fact, in fact. It's just a given that people have computers in their world from the minute they wake up to the minute they go to sleep and often they are never away from a digital experience of some kind yeah no one knows how to deal with that no, no one knows how we're to not going to predict that. that no one's going to really so draw we'll, that out in terms of how it plays out what we're going to do in 2017 is we're going to learn more about what that's like yes we're going to experience it. We're going to analyze it. We're going to push back against it. And we're going to criticize where we see people doing it in ways that may not be good for people. And until that gets sorted out, we're going to turn Postlight into a soft taco shop. I think that's a good strategy. I think that we serve great soft tacos, a lot of tofu. Flautas. And we get ready for global warming. Let's do it. All right. 
Everyone, have a great new year. Happy New Year. Happy Thank you. Happy and safe new year. Thank you for every, to everyone for participating in our first year of Track Changes. It's been great, and it will continue to be great. I feel confident in that. I like doing this. You and I challenge each other. The audience challenges us. We get lots of feedback, good and bad. And we've been able to talk to some really, really interesting people. Great. So, Rich, great. if somebody wants to send us a New Year's greeting, contact at postlight.com. Mm-hmm. Let's leave it there. Thank you, everyone, for a great year. Thanks, and we everyone. Will talk to you in 2017. Take care. Bye.